Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast. Back at it with Ryan Pudick, uh, series Top 10 Ways to Increase the Value and Enjoyment of Your Farm. In this episode, we're going to be talking about wetlands. Uh, the last two, I believe, we talked about trails in the first one, trails and roads. Followed that with um, converting pasture to tillable. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about wetlands. So again, the structure is pretty simple. We go over the basics. What, why, when, where, and how. So what's a wetland? For this for the purposes of this podcast, we're talking about a wetland primarily for waterfowl. So something you build um, to plant food in and flood uh, to duck hunt or goose hunt. So why would you do it? Um, so I these episodes aren't necessarily in order, but the first two are probably my favorite things to do to increase the value of a farm, which is trails to get access and then uh, adding tillable. But to me, a wetland, for the price that they – for the cost, the return is is great for both the value and the uh, enjoyment. So when I say like the value uh, on a farm, usually when you're building wetlands, you know, we built one here at the Landco farm, but that's a little different. Like it was our third or fourth wetland out here. Most of the time when we build wetlands, they're the first ones on a farm, right? Yeah. So when you're talking about increasing value, it's not like right away it's worth a thousand bucks more an acre, but usually what happens when you build a wetland is it introduces something that the farm doesn't have already. So like when we put them in, it's like, hey, the deer hunting here is good and there's some tillable, but it's pretty rare to find a farm that has good deer hunting and good duck hunting and good fishing. So the more that you can add, the bigger audience you have to resell a farm uh, from a value standpoint. So typically there are always new wetlands we build um, like the ones we just did over in um, the 585 that we have for sale in Western Fulton. Yes. How many did we do there? That was uh, uh, two, two legitimate wetlands out in, in ag fields, basically. And then the bottom. And then we did the two, bottom yeah. two. And that was two or three cells. Three cells down yeah, in the so, bottom. Um, but that's, that's a perfect example because that farm – you could probably shoot some ducks and geese on that. Oh yeah, lake. just because it had a you know a ninety acre lake on it. But other than that, there was no other uh, water source that you could manipulate to flood food yeah. for ducks and or geese. Yeah, so like that is introducing a whole new use for that farm. Um, so and that's the case most of the time when we put wetlands in. So one thing people think about wetlands and duck hunting, and they're like, yeah, you know, everyone associates that with the river or even the Canton, the strip mines areas. But if you're in between like the, the Mississippi and the Illinois and you put in a wetland with some flooded corn, it may not be the best duck hunting in the world, but you can shoot some ducks. Or millet or buckwheat, whatever. Yeah. And you're gonna, you may not go out there and shoot four mallards every morning, but you're definitely going to shoot a few birds. Yeah. So we're, I'm big, a big proponent for wetlands. They're good for all other wildlife. But uh, in Illinois, if you put a wetland in and, and flood any sort of that food, you're going to shoot some ducks. And it's, and it's you know, it, it benefits a lot of different wildlife, not just the ducks and the geese. You know, you've got a lot of shorebirds that will use it when the water's drawn down. Uh, you got that exposed mud um, and, and whatnot. And then, you know, the deer will use it uh, as a water source at certain times of year. So, on, you know, so there's a lot of benefits for it. And then the, the other thing, too, is that 
most of the times it is in low swampy drainage areas in an ag field. Now you're in, in that situation we just talked about at the 585. Not only is it a wetland for the ducks and geese, now it's erosion control or sediment control coming into that lake because we did these up above it that drain down into the lake. So now we've just created a wetland for ducks and geese for the enjoyment of, of, of hunting or giving them just an area to go and eat and whatever. And then we've also created a sediment diversion or to capturing sediment. So now that's not going into the lake. So it's Have a, a win-win. purpose deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. So um, that's why I like it from a value standpoint. Um, from an enjoyment, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I like waterfowl hunting better than deer hunting. So to me, it's I would rather do that. But even deer hunters, you know, you hunt until nine and it's fun to go hop in the blind with your buddies and yeah, for a couple know. hours or maybe deer hunt, you know, another farm, you know, that we manage is, is got a lot of waterfowl potential, but also has a lot of deer hunting potential. So, you know, some of the guys would just hunt in the morning, deer hunt in the afternoon. So duck hunt in the morning, deer yep. hunt in the afternoon is what some, some guys do or yeah, vice so versa. So I, very few people that I, um, cause we built wetlands for people who aren't necessarily waterfowl hunters and they end up like everyone loves duck hunting. It's just fun. So, uh, from an, an enjoyment standpoint, it's pretty straightforward, but, uh, yeah, so we like them for both value and enjoyment, uh, when and where like good applications for this. So we, you can force a wetland anywhere. Like the one that we just built here at the Landco farm, it was high ground and we we're gonna have to pump water up. But most of the time, um, well, I shouldn't say most, like half of them at double clock are high. Yeah. You can do either. So you're either going to build them higher than the water, um, which is nice because then you have to deal with like a lot less water issues. It's usually easier to go corn and stuff up there um, and then pump water up to it. And in those situations, usually you're talking about building a few levees just to hold water. Um, I think we had two on the one that we built here. Right. And the other uh, cases are low areas like beneath lakes. You're just going to put up another, essentially another little levee. Or if in. you've got a, uh, an area in a tillable field or ag field that has got a water, a big enough waterway that you can put up a small, say, dry dam or small levee across the end of it and put a valve in it, you're done. Yeah. So all those three cases, the one thing you need, though, is... The, need the only thing with the ag field is, is that you don't have the opportunity, unless you've got a close water source by, to, pump to where it. you would have to just use utilize Mother Nature and the fall rains to fill it up. Yeah. So, which which we have a few like that. The one we just put over um, by Soko there on the one twenty. Yep, that's Mother Nature taking care of that. But you know, if you stop, if you close the gates in um, what October first ish, yeah, you may not be three foot, you know, by opening day, but you'll have water. You have enough water to some yeah. some birds will be using it. So really, you can for the most part. Um, you know, a timber farm is pretty tough. We'll see wetlands and timber, but those are typically bigger projects. Um, so if you have some ag or some low lying areas or some lakes, typically we could find a spot to put in wetlands and they don't need to be big. What do you think? Uh, I mean, you could do it. Even a quarter acre is big enough to shoot. some. Yeah. Half a half acre half usually acre. is about ideal up to a couple acres. Right. Um, the biggest one I have is five acres and which is very big. Yeah. Um, it just happened to work out that way in that field. Um, and the smallest one we've got is probably, a third of an acre, 
Okay. Roughly. And it, it they both shoot until the food runs out in them. Uh, they they both shoot equal, equally as well. Okay. So that covers, you know, why we like it, what it is, when and where it's, uh, you know, possible. In terms of how – it's pretty similar no matter which one of those you build, right? It's just levees. Just small, you know, any, it could be a two-foot levee up to a four or five-foot levee is all it is. Basically just a dry dam. Yep. So we – in ours, we don't like to get over – typically four foot of water. You get over four foot, and even four foot's high in wetlands. Yeah, because you want to be able to walk out there with your chest waders and be comfortable and not have water going over the top of your waders. So corn, if you're going to plant corn, that's probably the deepest thing you're going to need water for. Yeah. So, and Which is roughly about three feet. Three feet, yeah. So uh, other than that, you could even get, it, get away with it. If you're going to do millet and buckwheat, you know, six inches of water is fine. You could uh, up to a foot and a half to two feet. Yep. So all you're doing in these situations is blocking water. So um, if you're lucky and you find a good spot where it kind of wise, you can get away with, we've done some that are only a hundred foot levees, you know, average three foot, pretty easy. Some of them were actually sitting here at the Landco Lodge uh, east of Canton and on a farm just adjoining us to the west. I think we put in four over there and some of those weren't any bigger than a hundred feet wide and averaged two or three feet tall. I mean, yeah. they weren't, it wasn't a huge investment. Well, that one, that one was a little different because we tiled it. Um, Did all to, the tiling and, yeah. and, and then the power was ran to each one. So we'll talk about the surface water in a minute, but in terms of building it, you're literally just blocking water. Uh, sometimes on the, the high ground, you're going to have to build a few different levees to contain it on both sides. But all it is is, is levees and those things come together quick. I mean, I think the last one that we did, um, let's see. Well, mine that I built, I think there was 500 foot of levees. How long did it take us to build this? So a week? Not even. Not even? Not even. I mean, there was not machines running for five days yeah. straight, no. So it comes together pretty quick. Uh, in terms of surface water, all of yours, are yours tiled over there? Or are they? We tiled all of ours because I wanted to have the ability to, once I pulled the board, boards out of the agri-drain, I wanted them dry, bone dry. So that way we can get in, uh, get a mode. Uh, sometimes we'll run the combine through it if, if for whatever reason they didn't get the flooded corn didn't get all eight, so we don't have volunteer corn issues in the next the next spring. So when we pull the boards, we tiled it so that you pull the boards, it all gets all that water comes out of there. The field dries up to where we can get in there and get uh, our crops, you know, get our uh, fertilizer on, get our crops planted, so on and so forth. And yeah. we're not waiting for it for it just to naturally dry out. So there's two uh, there's two ways to do that and to drain to essentially drain every one of our uh, wetlands. We use what's called an agri drain valve, which is essentially a valve that has gates, so you can control how much water stays in the wetland versus goes out. Uh, super shark product. You can what are those gates like three, six, and nine inches or something? You can essentially have the water at any level you want. The boards, all. yeah, for the agri drain, yeah, yep. you, yeah. Virtually, you can manipulate how much. So, a lot of wetlands aren't aren't level across the bottom. So, if you've got a low spot, which would be close to your agri drain, more than likely, you know, you could flood that and then leave a bunch of boards out and then start adding boards as the ducks and geese start eating you eating their way across that area and keep adding more water as they eat um, by just dropping yep. in a board. And and our boards are six inches and 12 inches. Six and 12. Okay. I think we have some smaller ones, but usually we throw in 
a couple feet and we'll put two or three boards throughout the year. So same as you at the very yeah. end of the season, we're all the way full. All the way full. Um, but in terms of where you set those, uh, set the bottom of that valve, there's two options. One, you can go below grade and hook it up to a tile or most of them, they just put it just right at the surface and it just naturally drains. But what Ryan's talking about on the tile and what we did on this one over here in Canton is we put that subgrade a couple feet. Is that how? Yeah, we were we were two feet below uh, grade with our tile just because it normally you would go lower than that, but yeah. we couldn't because of the elevation of the when the water left the wetland to where we were draining into. We were so close in elevation that we could only go 24 inches down. Most of the time, you're going to want to go 36, 36 to 40. Yeah. So I think we, I think we had the same issues over here. I think we're only 24 inches down. But so that means you need a taller agadrain. But the beauty of that is that the whole wetland is tiled, so that water it sucks it dry and gets it out of there. I mean, it's it does a good job. Yeah, but then usually within a week to 10 days, you could drive a tractor into that field. Yeah. So, but it's it's more expensive. I mean. Uh, I think that one, man, we had a couple thousand feet of tile. Those were, it was four wetlands, but uh, it's much more expensive, but it's done right the first time. You never have to worry about, like, it's usually pretty easy to get, you know, corn and millet and buckwheat. Uh, you can get out there and plant it with a tractor. Some of the other ones, like I have a few out here at this farm, um, they weren't um, tiled and they just stay wet. You battle that, which is fine. You know, you, sometimes you'll just get a broadcast seeder and you strap it on yourself yeah. and you have to walk through it to seed it. Yeah. So that's the two options. You can tile it or you can just run it on the surface. Um, both work. Um, and we use an agar drain for both of them. So building them is pretty easy. You don't have to, I mean, you can, but we don't, you don't need to core out the levees or anything. If it leaks for, uh, you know, they're only full from what? October the season's to, only 60 days long. Yeah. So, you know, we leave, we, we leave ours full quite a bit longer to, to allow the ducks to have a place to continue to eat. We leave the water open by aeration so that the ducks will be imprinted to come, keep coming back. Yeah. Even but after even the season. you're talking what, March? Yeah, I, no, we shut it all down. We, I shut everything down uh, usually about the middle to end of February. Okay. And uh, that way it can drain and we can get in there and get it mowed and everything. Right. So... One thing that I forgot to mention, you can convert. Um, we're talking about where it's where these applications work. A lot of times you can use an existing dry dam and add an agar drain. Correct. If it's flat enough and it all works. So if it's not a real sharp, you know, drainage ditch, if it's a little right. bit wide and 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 the elevation's pretty mellow, it's not hard to convert that over. Or add to it if you have to, but at Correct. least you have a starting point. So yeah. um, that's one more application. But they're all very similar. You're talking about building levees or, or adding to a levee, throwing in an agri-drain gate valve so you can control the water um, and let it in and out, whether you do it surface or you know through tile. Uh, pretty straightforward. Every once in a while on the top ones, nature doesn't cooperate and you can't fill it. You'll have to, as long as you're next to a water source, you just rent a pump and pump. we have one and literally just pump it full and it, it uh depending on the size of pump that you use it doesn't take long i mean even if you used a three inch trash pump or something on a quarter acre or half acre wetland it's gonna take a couple weeks or something it's not not the end of the world so we love it um i think it adds on most of the farms that we build them it adds just a, a new element to the farm that it didn't have before so it opens it up to a, just you know a new group of buyers and in terms of enjoyment it's pretty straightforward uh, the cost, at least compared to you know lake projects and bigger projects, is usually uh, fairly minimal, and it's it's a one-time cost for the most part. So, 
we love it. Um, it's, it's again, for me personally, it's one of my favorite just because I love duck hunting, but uh, I think it uh, kind of appeals across the board to a lot of people. So we recommend them on uh, most farms that we have for sale. So that wraps it up uh, on this episode. Uh, what's, what's the next week's episode? Lakes. Lakes. Okay. Well, uh, that would be uh, episode four. We'll be coming out next week and we'll talk about uh, lakes and how they can add value to a farm. Thanks for listening.